0: Hello everybody. I am so happy to be back. We've had a little bit of a gap in episodes and that's because I'm switching a lot of things around with the podcast. So we switched hosting sites, um, we switched editors and I got sick. So all of that has kind of created a a window of, of no posting, but we're back and I'm excited and i'm really excited to talk to you about the whole concept of holy ideas before i can really answer what holy ideas of the enneagram are we have to establish and remember that we are not our enneagram type our enneagram type is who we felt like we had to become in order to survive in the world so our holy ideas are what we are in our essence when we release our attachment to earning love and okayness. I've heard it described as armor before. Like if your Enneagram type is your armor, then your holy idea is this like ooey gooey vulnerable goodness that you are trying to preserve through whatever creative way your type has decided it is necessary. We can utilize the concept of holy ideas by using it as kind of a counterpose to our type structure. So, if you do yoga, then you're aware of the need for a counterpose. When we only work out in one direction, then we over function in those muscles. So, we need to t- stretch out the other way. So, for example, I used to go get massages a lot because I would have this like repeated back pain, and it was always because I was sitting at a desk all day and working and my chest muscles, our chest muscles get tight. And so it felt natural to kind of bend forward. Like, Oh, I need to stretch out my back, but it's actually the chest muscles that are tight. So in order to heal the back, I needed to stretch out the chest muscles to loosen them so that it all kind of evened out. That's kind of the concept of holy ideas is like, we need to move the opposite direction to kind of give us a little bit of balance when we focus on our holy idea we're much more able to operate healthily and it balances out our ego mind which is essentially what our enneagram type is is just the presentation of our ego So in today's episode, we'll run through each Enneagram type, we'll talk first about what their fixation is, and then we'll walk into what their holy idea is, and the impact of focusing on one over the other. So type one, the fixation for our type ones is what could be improved. It's the idea that things need to be made perfect. When this is over-functioning, when we're focusing on our fixation, then it can create resentment, It can create dissatisfaction. It can create overworking, judgmentalism of yourself and of others. And so then we move into our holy idea. So, the holy idea of type one is holy perfection. And that's the idea that all things are perfect because they are, the perfection in what is. So, it's like the perfection in the present moment or in the imperfect. So, as a type one seeking holy perfection over reformation, A small practice to begin including in your life could be as simple as a presence practice. I often on the feed talk about the 10 good things list, and I apply that, you can apply that to the present moment. So in this moment that maybe you're feeling a little bit dissatisfied, especially if that is with yourself, can you think of 10 good things? And the important thing, the reason I don't say like a gratitude list of 10 things, I don't say that because that feels a little bit holier than thou, or like it needs to be significant in some way. The 10 good things list is just like the 10 first good things you can think of. So if I'm looking around my office right now, I have a wax melt going in the wax warmer. That's one good thing. The light streaming through the window is really pretty. That's two good things. I have a Giant jar of water, and it's so refreshing. That's three. I have plants over in the corner. That's four. I see my plans for the month that make me happy. That's five. Pictures from trips that I've gone on. That's six. My new nail polish color. I'm liking that. I switched to a fall color. That's seven. The wall behind me has pretty decals on it. That's eight. I have a wind. my doors open up to the fall air, that's nine, and then I can see leaves falling from the trees, and that's 10 good things. Right here, right now, there's so much good to be enjoyed, right? I could also look around the room and be like, oh man, I really need to trim the dead leaves off of those plants that are, I don't get enough light in this office, my plants are dying, and I, oh, I have this dirty espresso cup on my table. And an extra cup. I should clean those up. Oh, I need to put my camera away and put the lens cap up. I have a choice as to how I, I look around this space. So I look around the space with a reformation mind. Well, it sucks. (laughs) You know, being in here is terrible. But if I look around the room with a 10 good things mindset, there's so much to be happy about. There's so much goodness here. So try that today. Type ones. Let me know how it goes. All right, type twos, your fixation is giving with intentions of receiving love or being liked. So when we give with the intention of receiving love or being liked, this create can create feelings of not being worthy or wanted, a sense that others aren't doing their part, like they're not doing what you would do, so they must not care about you. It can lead to overworking or sacrificing in hopes of reciprocation. And in Enneagram and Relationships, I talk about this as a love vacuum. If you don't know, Enneagram and Relationships is my Enneagram course all about working with your relationship to yourself and your relationship to others. In that, we talk about the love vacuum, which is like a lot of love is going out and you're not asking, you're not meeting your own needs. Other people aren't trying to read your mind and meet your needs for you. So there's just this vacuum that you're being sucked to dry and you're not getting your, your needs met at all. So it's really depleting. Your holy idea for type two is holy will. The releasing of the belief that we are needed in order for others to experience goodness. So that's, you're releasing the concept that like you are indispensable. You're also releasing the idea that we must take action in order for good things to occur to us. It's a releasing of the pride and trying to force goodness and an acceptance that goodness just is. We can't manipulate the universe or people into creating love for us. So you're basically, it's just like, let the love come in and let the love go out. You don't have to make that happen. A really good action step if you're wanting to integrate this mindset into your life type twos is a season of saying no and show yourself What's possible when you aren't forcing action, show yourself that you're still okay. You still have relationships. You're still loved. Let the relationships that are going to fall away, fall away because those were the nonsense ones anyway. And the ones that stay, then you know, which ones to really pour into, you know, the ones that are going to be fruitful and really force yourself to take care of yourself. And that's one of the best cures for a love vacuum. All right, type threes, the fixation for our type threes is vanity. So creating an image that seems successful or worthy of success. When we do this, it can create overworking. It can lead you to feeling dishonest. Like you need to show, you need to seem more successful than you feel. Um, it can lead to self-neglect and self, I say self-ignorance. And what I mean by that is just a, a lack of awareness of what you want, what you need and where you want to go. Because you're, you're setting your goals and you're setting your priorities based off of what you think you're suppo- what successful is and not based off of what you enjoy. So the holy idea here for you type threes is holy law. It's the very idea that individual achievement is a myth, that goodness acts through us. We are the vessels of what we are seeking to accomplish. And it means nothing about our worth, but rather the worth of goodness something outside of yourself. It's, it's not about glorifying who you are, but glorifying something, other, something bigger, greater, grander, more loving than we're capable of being. And the universe acting through us means that we are the conduits. We don't have to find our worth in the world, but we get to bring goodness into the world through something larger than ourselves. So the action step here is focus on your purpose And your feelings, not on your achievements. So, what mark do you wanna leave on the world? Not how that mark will be perceived by others. A good question to ask yourself is Would I do this if it were to go unseen? If no one knew this happened, would I still wanna do it? And if the answer is no, it's probably not the right call for you. Find the thing that, that you have a yes to for that, and then do that. All right, type four. Your fixation is focusing on what is missing, as well as how distant or disconnected you are from others. This can lead to dissatisfaction with what is. Every good thing can feel like a fluke, like we're experiencing something outside of ourselves, so like this isn't my goodness, it just like happens to be here for a minute, it can be gone at any moment, and it's probably for some accidental reason. It can cause you to look for something outside of yourself to feel complete can lead to that grass is greener mentality. Like there's always something outside of you that would make this better. And it can lead to a fear of abandonment. Like I'm not worthy of being around. So other people are always going to leave. Now your holy idea, your holy origin is, or your holy idea is holy origin. And the idea that what we are is what we are. We aren't in search of an identity. Our identity is innate. It is what we are. So by just being, we are the truth of our identity. We don't need to find some moniker to put on ourselves to identify with. We just are, and what we are is good. So your action step is just to take a moment and either write or meditate on your essence. So when all else fades away, your name, your job title, your hobbies, your role in your family, when all of that's gone, what is left? who is that person meditate on that or take a few minutes to just free ride on that and get some answers into like the depths of your being and your essence so that you can release the concept that you have to find this anywhere other than just what's the deepest part of you right type 5 your fixation is a belief that you don't have enough rel- you don't have enough which can lead to like a reluctance to share of your knowledge, your time, your space, and your personal information. And it can lead you to strategizing about how to control your environment. This can lead to a lack of connection, a lack of trust with others, and potentially prolonging your suffering. Now, your whole idea is wholly omniscience, accepting that we have all that we need in knowledge and resource, and that giving actually in a refuels us, so as you give, you're not just depleting. You give and you receive and you refuel. This is also part of accepting that we are all one, that we all belong to one another and we impact one another and we are responsible to one another. A really great action step here for our fives is a loving kindness meditation, taking time to intentionally think of people outside of yourself and send them love, send them kindness, send them well wishes. Right. Our type six the fixation here is being prepared for all scenarios when we need to be, when we're totally focused on making sure we have everything we need to be prepared for anything that comes up. It can cause undue stress or worry. It can cause us to live through trauma that may never exist. It can create disconnection in relationships or a lack of connection to your intuition and a fear of the necessary risk that we need to take to live a full And lovely life. Now, your holy idea is holy faith, stepping into the support of being present, staying with what is here and now, and trusting that you have what it takes to handle anything that comes your way. It's releasing the illusion of future telling and control and accepting the truth of what is within your reach. My favorite practice for this for our type sixes is just your five senses practice. What are five things you see, four things you smell, three things you hear, two things you taste, and one thing you feel? Or you can do one for each or five for each, whatever feels right to you, but just grounding yourself into the present moment. So when you start to feel yourself wanting to reach into the future, wanting to tell the future, you can stop, step back, and look at what's within your reach. What can you sense right here, right now? All right, type seven, your fixation is planning, moving from one thing to another and seeking your happiness in the future. Like this idea of everything will be good when everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to work out. This can cause you to move on too quickly. It can create a degree of escapism. Like uh, this feels like too much. I need to get out of it. I need to move on to the next great thing. It can cause dissatisfaction with reality, like the feeling of everything's going to be great down the road and nothing quite living up to your idea of what that great was going to be. And it can create the inability to sit with the needs of other people. Now, your holy idea is holy plan, accepting the reality that there is a plan greater than your own, one that holds both good and bad, light and dark accepting that everything is meant to be. And when we accept this, we can accept that we do not need to have our own plans. You don't need to fantasize about how things could be. You can revel in what is, in all of what it is, good and bad and in between. So your action step here, this is one of my favorite life hacks as a seven myself, is to commit for a season, so what I mean by this is, okay, I'm starting a new project. I'm going to give myself six months, and at the end of six months, I will reevaluate and recommit. The reason that this is important is because for most type sevens, when things start to feel uncomfortable or bad, um, we start to question if we're on the right path because we value self our self-satisfaction and a great life so much that when negative things arise, we fear that we're going to be trapped there or like this is what our life is now. And so we have to reorganize our brain a little bit and learn to, through these micro commitments, sit through the hard times and get to the other side of them and make our decision to stick through with something from a place of neutrality instead of as an escape from our current pain. All right, type eight. Your fixation is justice. The belief that we can rebalance wrongs through revenge or maintaining control, powering up versus seeking vulnerability. When we do this, it can create burnout, rage, a lack of forgiveness, impulsive action, and a trouble releasing and trusting. Now your holy idea is holy truth. The idea that all is one. When we realize that we are not separate. We no longer feel controlled by all the nuances of life. We can move from a state of reaction and into a state of conscious response. We can release and allow for life to unfold as it will, instead of living in a state of resistance. One of my favorite practices for type 8s, I've said this before and I'll say it again, is yoga learning to pay attention to how your body has limitations, accepting those limitations, and then the interconnectedness of each part to the other. You know, as I move my shoulders, my chest stretches out. As I loosen my hips, my back gets relief. Really paying attention to not only our limitations, because this is so important for our eights who feel like they can be limitless and push through their pain to, to to be stronger than their suffering. It's important to accept your limitations so that you can be more gentle and loving and kind to yourself and therefore with others. And also the interconnectedness of each part to the other. Owning that as I as my hips belong to my back belong to my head. I belong to you, who belongs to them, who belongs to them, and so on and so on. We impact each other just as I stretch out my calves, it impacts my the rest of my body. As I do my work, it helps you to do your work. All right, type nine. Our fixation here is ignoring your feelings or self-forgetting. We lose sight of how we impact the universe. Maybe you step back in moments where you should step forward. When we do this, we lose sight of who we are, what we want, and what it means to be fully alive. We just try to numb out and get through instead of truly thriving in our existence. Now, the holy idea here is holy love. When we remember this, we are connected to the all and everything. Without each of us as co-creators, the universe wouldn't exist in the same way. Holy love is a state of being— Wherein we know ourselves as love and are worthy of being seen. Now, through the this dynamic, we loosen self-forgetting and we take action, moving forward into more of ourselves and into more of life. My favorite action step for you guys as type nines to kind of work on this is taking yourself out. Create an experience for yourself that feels awe-worthy and delightful. And really pay attention to who you are, what you want, and the freedom of accepting that and speaking that out. But create an environment where you can be unabashedly yourself and unabashedly greedy in your desires and let those needs get met and just pay attention to how you, who you are in that moment when you feel safe to be unfiltered. I give you all specific practices by type, but you can also experience a ton of relief by just picking up a meditation practice in general. We all can create greater separation between our ego and our essence through meditation. That's its greatest gift. Really just taking time every single day to clear your mind, be present in the moment, can do so much for that separation between our fixation and our holy idea. And if you want to dive deeper into the concept of holy ideas, I definitely recommend the book Facets of Unity by A.H. Almus, I believe is how you say the last name. It's a really good place to start diving into this. And if you have a few moments to leave a rating and review on iTunes, that would be amazing. It helps me out a ton. Yeah, just take a few seconds, leave a rating and review right there in iTunes. You have to search for the podcast in the search bar, or it won't let you leave the review. So you just search Enneagram and Coffee in the search bar. And then from that page, you can write your review. Thank you guys. For those of you who do that, it means the world to me. And until next time, as always, I'll see you in the next episode. Seeking the truth never gets old.